Welcome to Web of Resonance. I'm Ken, the Runewalker, and of course, Teresa Carmody of Elemental Journeys will be here in a moment. Will not be here, but you'll be hearing her in a moment. This episode is going to be a little different, at least in the start. The reason I'm coming to you solo is because when we recorded the other day, it was a different start to the conversation, uh, one that was deep and raw, and we weren't sure if we would even publish this episode. But by doing it, by going through it, we decided that it would be something that would be very good for us to put out there. So kudos to Teresa for being brave and raw and real with all of this that you're about to hear. And just to give you a little heads up, you'll hear this little sound. And when you hear that little sound, that means I've taken out a name as she's telling the story to protect the identity of those persons that were uh, involved. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Web of Resonance. All righty. So, how you doing? Uh, well, it's been a really rough morning. Oh but, shit. Um, yeah, and I got to tell you a little bit about it because it feels like an undercurrent I can't shake. Okay. So if I just tell you about it, that just might purge it and get it out of the way, or I I don't know. Um, so I woke up this morning and I felt my dad's spirit really strong, and he would not leave. Um, it made me feel um, helpless and uh, just surly as fuck. Um, and then I got a text from her friend. Uh, went through a divorce about two years ago, and her daughter, one of her daughters, is uh, afraid that her dad is uh, now replacing that their family with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's kids. And so, reached out to me and said, "Hey, can you support?" And reached out to me and said, "You know, this is what's going on." told me same thing happened to you what do I do what helped you blah 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 um and I told both of them that both of them need to watch hope floats and then I would be willing to talk to them together um so what is happening for me is that this is this is a very deep wound for me um you know, when my parents got divorced, uh, my dad pretty much took off and I saw him maybe once or twice a year, got a phone call for like Christmas and my birthday. Um, but he was pretty much out of our lives and surprised us with a phone call one day saying, guess what kids I'm married. And we didn't even know he was dating anyone. And when I would be upset, my mom would continually tell me your dad loves you, which was not the truth. Um, 
and just fucked with my head because my experience was very different than her words. Mm -hmm. And I wanted so desperately to trust her words. I created this whole fantasy about who my dad was. And uh, it made me hang on to uh, an emotionally abusive, manipulative situation uh, until he died, really, or until two years before he died. And I said, that's enough. Um, so what I'm kind of sitting with is, so my dad's spirit comes, I'm feeling horrible. This all then happens and triggers me. And I'm like, ah, I just want to destroy. And then the thought came to me that it was good that my dad's spirit was here. It was good that this got triggered because what I'm going to choose to do with it is help this child. Um, and that's just by sharing the truth of my perspective with her mom and with Lynette. And uh, I can't do it as a therapist. This is not me trying to coach her, help her. This is me as someone who's experienced it, uh, going into my wound and sharing it. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of the undercurrent of what's going on for me today. Do you, would you like to record a different day? Um, probably. Nope. Yeah. That's always an option. Okay. I, I'm thinking so. I, you know, I'm reluctant to do that, I, but I, I'm not sure if that's the part of me that's the therapist and says, you know, you boundary out your life to be present for your work. Um, I'm not sure in this particular case, I could do that. <laughs> like, like, I'm not sure uh, it, it could bleed into what we're doing. And what I can't decide is, if that's exactly what needs to happen, because this is all like for me, the fact that I woke up and my dad's spirit would not leave me alone. Something bigger was at work to help me tap into that. So I know how to help this kid. Um, so there's a part of me that's like, if I believe that, then perhaps however this is affecting me, we'll have an episode that helps somebody. There's another part of me that's like, eh, you know, Maybe you should take care of yourself today. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? I'm like, I'm torn. I, I'm not I sure absolutely do. do. Um, you know, we can always start it, try it, uh, limit ourselves to, you know what? We're done by one thirty. That way this is done. And if at the end of it, you're like, that was very great. Delete it. We'll delete it and we'll record a different day. Cause it. Okay. What do you think about just saying fuck it and leaning right into it and me just telling this story? Because this is exactly the kind of decision I would use my divination tool for. So my, what my gut tells me. Yeah. If it were me. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, I have zero problem except <laughs> ra rarely rarely sharing my stuff because I really feel like that's the part that for me connects with people more and yep. can connect with their moments and 
that's those are the moments that really uh, matter the most or when I'm more vulnerable and putting myself out there. Let's do it then. Let's do it because you're right. I mean, at the end of it, if it feels too raw, too vulnerable or whatever, we can always say, okay, let's not use that. Let's re-record. Yep. Um, I will say this. I was going to take over editing this week. Yeah. Uh, and I know you got a shit ton on your plate, uh, but this might not be an episode I can edit. Yep. I can. I, that's totally fine. Okay. Not a problem. All right, then let's just fuck it. Let's dive in. I think that's brave and brilliant. Okay. Uh, maybe we've already dived in. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to retell that story again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's totally fine. Okay. So, um, so, so we're... let's just keep going. Okay, so where we arrived was um, the decision that I would cast my tool for would be when I'm in a situation like this and something so deeply personal has gotten provoked or evoked, um, is it something that you take care of yourself and shy away from uh, work or being exposed or connecting or do you use it? I think we already made that decision though. I'm not sure I would, I would use my tool anymore. I think we made that decision. Yeah. I think, I, I think the decision was made for sure. Um, and you know, I, I know that in other instances or other circumstances, the answer would have been, would be different. Um, you know, I've had, like I said, I've had moments on the podcast where I'm like, I'm not really, comfortable giving the details. <laughs> um, but I'm going to, you know, this is where I'm at. And then there are times when I'm like, I'm giving all the details. And that was part of the thing that needed to happen. Um, you know, let me, uh, let me tell you what I was thinking about uh, for this, my question that I had that I've been mulling over. Okay. And then maybe, maybe we'll see if they if the they line up, because okay. I'm I'm not really, I'm not sure yet, but let me kind of put it out there. Cause I think it, it might slightly. Okay. Um, so, uh, I have been, music has been a huge thing in my head lately and I don't listen to a lot of music, um, unless I'm, you know, kind of specifically prompted to. So, um, it is something that, uh, was up in another podcast and because I've had now several experiences over the past week and a half with songs. So here's my, my experience. And then I'll give you my question. Okay. Um, I woke up this morning. Okay. I woke up yesterday morning with a specific song in my head. So I listened to it like, several times throughout the day. Okay. This morning I, I uh, woke up with a, a different song in my head. Uh, one that uh, it's uh, Walk of Life by Dire Straits. Yeah, and I know the one. I, I swear, I swear I didn't even know that was the title because I thought <laughs> it was Walk On By, but that's you know, a whole different. It's a different song. song. Yeah. Whole different song. So, um, so I'm like, okay, so I start listening to it and part of me goes, I don't, I don't understand um, what this is about. So I, I look up 
the origin of the song, and I didn't even know it was Dire Straits at that point. Thank God for Google and Spotify. And I look up the lyrics and I'm reading the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, that's really fascinating. And the story is about um, a man who plays music in the subway tunnels and plays different songs. And that's how he you know, tries to make his living, that he makes money that way. And so he's telling different lines in the song are, are different titles of different songs. So um, it, when I read that, it was plain and clear as the blue sky is today here. And what had happened to uh, probably Sunday, so that's been like three days now, I created a, a bind rune for myself that was to help me with the show. So what I had decided to do was the first one, the first rune incorporated into this bind rune is about drawing on my ancestors who have, who were bards or poets or performers and asking them to really help me, you know, first of all, memorize the lines because there's a shit ton. Second, um, embody and be the storyteller that they were and, and help me through that. So it was really interesting to wake up and have this song in my head talking about, a storyteller a, yeah very much so yeah. so my my thought and my question which i've been mulling over was how do i know when i am supposed when if something pops into my head and i start listening to it how do how do i know if that is the right prompting and not just something else well, I think that it's exactly, uh, to me, as you're telling your story, I'm like, the thing between the two of us that I see as the commonality is that when you have experiences in life, whether they're confusing or whether they're really painful, you can't know the wisdom until you lean into it. Yes. Because if you had just gone, ah, I got songs playing in my head all the time, never mind, you never would have Googled it, you never would have gone on Spotify, you never would have listened to it, you never would have read the lyrics, and you never would have found the deeper meaning. Yep. And you never would have found that it was directly related to what you were asking for. Oh, yeah. They're, they, it, it was such brilliant confirmation that they are present and here around me helping me through this thing that I've asked them to be here for. So support from the other side comes in very different ways. And yeah. Not always pleasant. Uh, right. As we talked about already today with you. Yeah. So <laughs> support from the other side. I guess pantyhose aren't always comfortable, are they? But they are supportive. <laughs> well, not if you if you don't get the right size, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a corset is not going to be helpful, uh, comfortable, but it is supportive. Yeah. Or it's binding. Restrictive. That's funny because the minute you said that, I, I saw... Um, uh, oh shit, that's brilliant. Okay, so what I saw 
was a woman being constricted into this corset, but it's actually focusing and narrowing the energy that's happening and it makes her stand a little taller. But what I saw was it really is a way that is a really uh, big way to focus in and hone in on what you actually need to be focused on and knowing instead of having a broader perspective. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Now I'm quite contemplative. Uh, and no, I, uh, you know what? I think that uh, you're quite insensitive if we're talking about real world stuff and we're not talking about spirit will give us images and analogies that they don't give a fuck about political correctness. They, t- they care about giving us uh, a sign that, uh, can best describe the energetic they're trying to convey with an image that we would understand right (laughs) yeah which is which is i think part of what we're talking about is that uh you know if you get stuck on uh you know how insensitive that can be in that corsets were used because women's bodies weren't okay the way that they were blah 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 you miss the the energetic perspective of what's trying to be said this isn't using that imagery about what the human experience is of that it's taking that human experience and using the the symbol the vision the picture to help you find the energetic that's trying to be communicated Absolutely. And, and, um, and that is exactly what I'm feeling about my experience with my dad. You know, it was so, I was surprised by how deeply this cut. And so I went outside and I was just kind of like, you know, my dad's spirits following me out there. And I'm like, you motherfucker, why can't you leave me alone? And, um, and I don't know where it came from, but something shifted in me. I could feel it shift in me, which is when the thought happened um, that what I, I can't change that this has been my experience. What I do have control over is my choice of how I choose to use it. And I'm going to choose to use this not to perpetuate the pain and the hurt, but to use it to help somebody else. Yeah. And and it's very much a different place than earlier you said, you know, you're, you can't come at this from the, the perspective of a therapist. It's what's going to be more impactful is you're coming at it from the experience of someone who's already experienced it. That's part of it. I think the other part is, you know, as a therapist, I was trained really, really well to boundary out my life so that I'm pretty much a blank slate. Uh, for my work and that's the integrity of the work this is not one I can do that with I just can't do it yep yeah and maybe I can't do it because I'm not supposed to do it right we're the (laughs) reason if the resistance is really 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 strong then maybe that's you know, Ganesha. Maybe. I think sometimes the resistance is there. Um, You know, we tend to think of resistance as a bad thing that you've got to overcome. And sometimes I think resistance is the thing you lean into. Well, it's like, um, 
you know, going to the gym and working out with resistance bands. You don't get stronger if you don't use some resistance. Right. Right. Let's not, let's not like jump to conclusions that I'm at the gym all the time. Cause that's <laughs> like, I went this morning and that's probably why it was on my mind. Like two to three times a week. I'm not a gym bunny. So, no. well, you know, it's funny. Cause just the other day I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about a post that I saw on Facebook and it, it's a witchy group. I don't even remember which one. Cause I belong to a couple of them. Um, but on there, uh, someone new to the craft basically posted, you know, I'm new to this and, you know, what advice do people have? And, um, it's funny because it made me think of our last episode with Mariah, when we were talking about dogma in the craft, because a lot of the responses she was getting would be responses that I would classify as, Oh, this is that person's dogma. And, Um, to me, I just kept thinking, uh, you know, it's been kind of trendy, uh, to be witchy. Um, I think part of that is, um, that it's a tradition that can be empowering. Um, and, uh, I just think it has a lot of things that we as a society need right now. However, I also see a lot of people who are attracted to it, uh, expect it, expect magic to be magical. And what I mean by that is that it just happens easily and effortlessly if I get the recipe right. Like it's not hard work. Yeah. But to really be in the craft, you need to always be coming and looking in the mirror and seeing yourself and seeing where your pain is and where your flaws are and what your integrity is. There's constant choices, I think, to the craft. And, um, and so I think it's a lot harder work than most people think it is. And which is leading me to my point, which is I've been thinking these things and thinking about how the truth is a really hard thing. And the truth can cut. And how do you still have the integrity to be truthful and be compassionate? Did that make sense? Or did I go so far on a tangent that, um, that we've lost our way? No, I think um, what <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head was yesterday when you and I were speaking about... Um, my situation with blue antler. Yeah. Um, and I said, I just need to be very firm when speaking to the person I need to speak to. And you said, not firm, clear. Right. And I think, I think, I think there's something to be said for if the knife is dull and you're cutting someone, uh, if you're penetrating uh, it's going to hurt more than if the sh- the blade is very very sharp. You will not feel a thing. Um, is the image in my head, and I'm not quite sure why I'm on a knife. But well, because the, that's the image that came to me today when I was contemplating the truth. Is that the truth oh. can be razor sharp and it can cut. 
Yep. You know, we have that Christian saying, the truth will set you free. Well, sometimes the way to free yourself is to cut yourself out of the binding that you have. Maybe cutting the corset. Ooh, maybe that's our question. What do we need I, to I know can... today for how to cut that corset off and find our truth and freedom? So I, I think that's brilliant. And I'm going to, if, if I may, share a quick story. Yes. So last week when I um, was doing readings at uh, Rooted Space, uh, the one of the, the people who was there had the, a book and the book um, is called, uh, I'm sorry, I have to look this up because it's very integral to the, the story. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go back and um, find that really quickly because, oh, it's called Ishmael. Oh, okay. By uh, the last name Quinn is the is the the author. So the book is about um, the book is about a. I just read the first part. That was it. I need to pick it up. A, a gorilla, I believe, uh, who all of a sudden has a consciousness, and um, part of the book that that the gentleman had me read talks about um, their part of our challenge is that in being in a cage is that we can't find, we can't even begin to find our way out of it because we don't recognize the bars. Yes. So I, I, that's a, so I'm going to read that book just specifically because it was, completely intriguing to me in that but so that was a question that this person had asked me to dive into for him so i threw i cast runes for it and um stuff came up for for him and uh i will say having having your situation today and his situation i have not cast runes for myself on that specific topic but i really want to uh, it's on my list. Uh, it's childhood stuff that we don't even know or didn't even remember or don't even think about or that we're very, very aware of. But I think the key is that it all happened in our childhood. And so some of us are 30 years from that moment <laughs> or those moments. And to go back and start to recognize those bars or start to see the the... the cord in the corset where we need to cut that is very um key but sometimes hard for us to go back that far and realize that it is that deep so after you read ishmael you should read i know why the cage bird sings by maya angelou okay thank you i will yeah uh it's uh i think it's a very similar topic in terms of um not seeing the bars. Okay. Now her story is different. That is, that's a book where she does tell her personal story and she was pretty abused as a child. So just be prepared. It's a painful one, but, um, but I think it's a similar, it's, it's in the same vein of what you're talking about is 
how do we get caged by our experiences? Um, and um, the fact that we don't always see them might be why the cage bird sings. It's as soon as you recognize that you're in a cage, your joy leaves you. And then, yeah. then the only thing to do, I think, is you either, well, you have a choice. You can go back into the unconsciousness and stay caged and be happy again. Or you've got to do something to free yourself. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, what is our question? Hmm. I don't know. There's So, this is what's rolling around my head right now. Um for me, there isn't a choice between those two things. I can't go back into the cage and pretend I no longer see the bars. Once I know something, I know it. Yep. And I can't fool myself that I don't. Uh, not without it costing me greatly. Can I throw something in there? Yep. Our body already knows that we're caged. So where does that take over? And, or does it take over? And how, how does that factor into it as well? Well, our body, I don't think has consciousness the way that our mind does. I mean, well, let me say that differently. I think our body exists on a different state of consciousness than our mind does. I think that's a big okay. part. I think our unconscious is, I think our body communicates our unconscious to us a lot. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Our body is our the voice of our unconscious. Yes. Ooh, hmm. When it communicates to us through song and through story, which is why you and I both are storytellers. Yeah. And why for both of us, our art has become really important to our life. And truthfully, why I've had a hard time with writing a book. Yeah. And even sometimes with the podcast, because I feel like my body conveys messages while I'm speaking that help tell the story. Yeah. And that's something that, that I've had to, well, God, I remember, do you remember we talked about this a long time ago? You said, what, what do you do when you're doing the podcast? I'm like, I got to be able to move around, get up, walk around because that actually keeps the 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 keeps me in the stream and moving right if i were to, have to sit and be like chained down I, it would be very difficult hmm okay so i sorry i just i, I think i threw us off track so no um, i actually think you're helping to hone us in because i think that oh, i think there's something there's some question about how to listen to the body and know that it speaks the truth of our unconscious Like, maybe we just need to ask our tools, how can we be more mindful of listening to our body, knowing that it speaks the wisdom of the darkness? I think let's, that's great. Okay. Let's do it. All righty. So, did you write that down? Um. No. Okay. Well, that's, I was, that's okay. Um, 
Uh, okay, I'm going to say it one more time just because I might need to hear it a second time. And I am going to write okay. it. Okay. Um, so we are asking our tools to show us something we need to know about how to listen better to our body because it speaks with the voice of our unconscious. Okay. And I think since it, this is just an unusual structure for day, um, I actually feel like I want to drum now. Oh, I love, I love yeah? it. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to do just a little drum and then uh, we'll throw our tools. Okay. That was very weird for us to not jump into Welcome to Web of Resonance. It was. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you, I don't know about you, but something is really active in me today. That The drum just uh, connected me even deeper to it. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't really sure which set of runes to pull from. And uh, I, I had an inkling... And, uh, yeah, the, the drum really, uh, they actually got hot. The bag got hot. I love when that happens. I, well, that's another form of our body telling us the truth, right? I mean, I noticed that yeah. when I do any kind of work, um, I, my temperature will tell me how much magic actually needs to be done. And it used to be just my hands, um, you know, that's how a lot of healers recognize that their hands on healers is that when somebody around them is in need of healing, their hands will get hot. Yeah. Well, I, I remember too, I used to, when, when I was very kind of in the infancy of all of this, uh, when we would be in ritual, I would run so much, I would get so hot because I think I didn't necessarily understand how to really move it or allow it to move i didn't i was holding it because i didn't know exactly what to do with it at that moment huh i'm seeing fire and maybe that's for us because we're both aries and we're both fiery but there's something about um uh, paying better attention to the temperature of our bodies because that is a form of unconscious communication yep Hmm. All right. Well, we haven't no, even I, thrown our tools yet, so. I know. I was just thinking, I'm like, oh, they're still just in my hand. Okay. So. Okay. 
All right. Today feels like a three-carder. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. What'd you get? Um, so I, I pulled some from the pouch and I have, uh, there were five, so two up and three down. Um, the one that stands out to me most, which is, I think where we're going to start is, uh, AR, the rune of the grave. So, um, In that, in that rune, oh, Henry's getting excited. I heard that. Yeah, he's like. The truth is coming. Yeah. The truth is, yes. Um, so I think that the, the image I got, so it's, you know, a rune of transformation, but a slow decaying transformation that happens once we are buried after we're dead. But um, the image I got was of, lying completely still in in the coffin in the box um not dead but still yeah i get it um i think you're i think that's connected to you know we've been talking a lot about the ancestors and there used to be a practice uh at least in celtic traditions but probably in other cultures as well where uh, once an ancestor had died, you can actually commune with them by going to their grave and laying on the, sleeping on their grave. Yes. And I can remember there were two trips that I took when I was younger uh, out of the country, very different cultures, um, and uh, visiting cemeteries for some reason uh, was part of like the tour, the agenda. And in both places, uh, there was a grave where I just felt compelled. Now, keep in mind, I was still Christian at the time. So I had no idea about this um, ancient way of communing with the dead. Uh, But both times I felt very compelled to lay down on top of the grave. And these were people I didn't know. And... um, Whoever was traveling with me, I actually have pictures of me doing this in uh, two different places on two different trips. Wow. But there is some, so to me, as you're talking about AR today and and the grave and and not being the one who's dead, but laying still, that's what's coming up for me is that there is something about connecting with the ancestors. Like my dad is one of my ancestors and I have a hard time with his spirit. And yet when I'm connected, perhaps it's because something is being evoked in me that I can choose to use uh, in a productive way. Yeah. Yeah, because it it is a choice. Yeah, what happened wasn't a choice, uh, which is uh, what I think a lot of people get stuck on when uh they do talk about past hurts is what can i do to fix it yeah and the truth is is um you have to live with it but you get to choose how you live with it 
Right. Yes. So I think this is an interesting, I'll say this and then you uh, tell me where you're at. Okay. The second rune was Algies, which is the rune of the elk sedge. Um, That's really interesting that I said that because that's not normally the one I go to. Um, that's not, that's an Anglo-Saxon version. And elk sedge is a very razor sharp grass in the marshes that will cut you and you will bleed. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, and my drum is elk. And, uh, I was told by the maker of the drum that, uh, he chose elk when I told him, uh, a journey experience I had about what my drum should be. And he chose elk. Because it is uh, the animal spirit is about healing childhood wounds. Yes. We got lots of synchronicities going on today. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me, uh, let me go for just a second. So, uh, okay. Yeah. uh, You get uh, straight. No. That's okay. So, uh, uh, okay. Um, this has, it has a lot to do with blood. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I flipped the other three over the undercurrents, uh, which is kind of how we started out our conversation today. Um, so the first one I flipped over was Rido. So it's about, um, about the journey, not the destination. Leave it with that. Feiyu is spark or the beginning. Feiyu is also, um, and I will say this and I would like us to envision our bodies it's management of our wealth and resources it is not about out it is about exterior in this circumstance in this episode it's about the management of your own uh wealth the the management of your own body of your own uh energy of your own uh, physical form um and then the one that surprised me that I wasn't sure how it connected until uh, I brought up the elk sedge was uh, Thurizaz, the rune of deconstruction or destruction and chaos. Um, there's a lot in this spread yes. casting that movement of things around you Um and I think that uh, there's a there's a picture that I have that I use in one of my classes that is uh, an aerial view of like the plains, and it's all these different animal paths. And I believe it's actually the reindeer, uh, so it would be the tundra, but the reindeer paths, and it's about understanding where those paths go so if we're if we're taking that and putting it onto our our body um it's about finding those um which light switch makes the light turn on now saying that i'm i mean okay if i think this or if i feel this where does that really connect back to yeah. Or yeah. I'm thinking it, where do I feel it in my body and where does that sit? So it really is, this is about 
understanding the movement that is always going on around you. Always. And seeing where that kind of is happening uh, and choosing to be able to mm, rearrange and move things into... Uh, it's like being able to shift your car into a higher gear so you can go faster. So you're physically manipulating what's going on in the car to make it go faster. So I almost see it and feel like it's something similar to that in the body. So in the body and around your body, you're taking these different things that are happening around you and you're actually shifting them uh, to be able to uh, move into a higher gear for lack of a better term, um, which is a higher performance. Are you shifting or being mindful about what's happening in your body in relationship to them and making the uh, adjustments internally to help you move through the atmosphere? Yes, too. Okay. Yes, as okay. well. Yes. Yeah, it, there, there is the, it's about the relationship. Yes. The relationship. So whether, whether it's the way you put it, uh, you know, instance A or the, the, the way I was seeing it, instance B, they both work. Right. Cause it's systemic. The answer, uh, the truth is really both, not this or that, but yes. both. Yeah. Right. So, so it really, it, it, for, I don't want to get all, I don't want to get all woo woo. <laughs> do it. Leave. Uh, today's about leaning in and do it today's about leaning the fuck yeah. in um it really is about understanding your energetic body and this sounds a little new agey but understanding what that looks like and feeling what that looks like and being responsible for uh knowing your own and recognize like, that it's I, not the same every day it's different every day yes yeah i i, I immediately saw like uh, our friend chris um uh, vital roots, uh, is his, is his company, but he does energetic healing. And, um, he, I, I immediately pictured him in terms of, of working with our energetic body, which is connected to our physical body. And, and, and it being that, that system that we just need to, um, start to be more aware of. Yeah. And it, and it comes from, uh, lying peacefully. Hmm. Um, uh, so that's the end of that. Let me but tell you what I saw. You if, end, if I, I want to say to you, I love that you yeah. were talking about becoming aware of things instead of becoming conscious of them. Because to me, it, it, uh, it's a distinction not everybody makes, but I think is important, especially when we're talking about this is a way to engage with unconscious knowing and so to try to be conscious of it is a paradox it's an oxymoron but to become aware yes. of one's unconscious is possible and to be aware of the communication yeah to me that's what lucid dreaming is is you're aware of a different state of consciousness that you're in and you can't be conscious of being asleep because they're two different states of consciousness. Yes. So you can be aware when you're asleep, but you cannot be conscious when you're asleep. Right. Yeah. 
Yes. And going back to the caged bird or or the uh, uh, it was it a chimpanzee or an ape? I think it was a gorilla. gorilla. Okay. Uh, yeah. Going back to being in a cage. Um, it, yeah, you have to be aware of what you are currently unconscious of in order to free yourself. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a, for me, it's something that I can tell myself, I need to stop and listen more. I need to stop and listen more. And maybe eventually I'll listen to myself about that. But, um, you know, it's, it's happening. Um, But I think also it's happening in response to me asking for it. Yeah. So. All right. Are you ready uh, for my cards? I was just going to say, what did you draw? All right. So I drew three cards and uh, three cards can mean many things. So I'm going to wait till I turn them over, but it may be, mean all these things. Uh, as you've heard on uh, our episodes in the past, I tend to draw them from a shamanic perspective, which is underworld, middle world, upper world. I also draw them from a therapeutic perspective of unconscious, conscious, and superconscious. Uh, and other readers tend to draw them in terms of past, present, and future. So I'm just going to kind of throw out there, I am aware of all of those potentials in these three cards. And because uh, I do believe in systems, I'm going to guess that all three of those things are present. Yeah. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, for goodness turn them- sake. Are they all turned over? They're all turned over. Um, oh, my God. This is, uh, uh, I will say to you, this, uh, this, like my situation today, this is a deeply personal. Like, this feels like it hits me right in the core. Uh, in a really good way, because it feels very much like confirmation of um, not only just being upfront about what's going on with me today, but that it, it was probably a good choice that uh, we decided to air it, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so know that I'm a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm I'm going to do it anyway. Um Yes. So the three cards that I got are uh, in the past or the unconscious or the lower world, I got the blasted beach. Now that's one that uh, shows up fairly frequently. Um, <clears throat> it's the one where the two fae are falling out of the tree and it's akin to the tower card, which is when you hold on too tightly to a structure that once supported you, but is now binding you because you are outgrowing it, uh, it will become your prison unless you realize that what needs to happen is it needs to be destroyed. And so the tower card is all about the lightnings hitting the tower to make the tower crumble. It's like there is a divine intervention that happens because you are not aware that you are imprisoned and that you've actually built your own prison. 
Yeah. Um, the blasted beach is very similar. Of course, it's not as medieval in terms of towers and lightning, but it is about making a home in a tree and being so comfortable there that um, that you never really leave. And so you're never experiencing any other part of life because you've narrowed your perspective so much that um that you've made your world really really small and so the divine intervention in this card is not lightning but it's a storm and it's wind and it blows them out of the trees so that they can grow and expand i see this card i like to think of it a lot as initiation it's a rough way to go uh to you know have your whole world kind of crumble but it is still an initiation. The next card I got is um, in the um, in the major arcana. This is one of the cards that um, is often I feel like a personal card, kind of like Aries and Mars is the planet of my birth. The justice card is often in the major tarot, like a card that represents um my numerology and uh on this card is uh a fae who uh is has a very serious look on her face there is a feather floating to the ground and she is drawing a sword that looks to be crystalline out of its sheath so to me, she's like drawing her sword to bring about justice, which is funny because we've been talking about truth as a sword. Yeah. So I, so I think that that's interesting. Um, and for me personally, justice tends to be uh, some, a, a theme in my life. Um, and so this card feels to me like it's really... Um, speaking about if you want justice you need to hone your truth and tell it and then uh and that's in the conscious realm or the present day uh or the middle world yeah. um in the upper world uh or super conscious or future i have death and wow. so What's remarkable about this particular spread is all three cards are major arcana cards. So I was just going to say yeah, that. So this is huge archetypal energy, although I'm sharing with you kind of my personal connection with the cards and how they show up in my life. Uh, that, that could be true for anybody listening, because when you're talking about archetypal energies like this, the way I have my personal stories about those energies and how they play out in my life, because they're archetypes, everybody has some kind of connection with that energy. Um, and I will say in terms of the image on the death card, uh, there is a woman with flaming red hair. She looks like she's running away from something. Uh, the look on her face looks a little bit desperate. Uh, and a crow is flying over her head, squawking. Hmm. And who knows? Maybe she's not running away from something. Maybe she's running towards something. 
And maybe that's all a matter of perspective. When you think you're running away from something, perhaps that thing is actually propelling you towards something else. That feels right to me. Yeah. Which says to me, it's not always necessary for us to be aware of how our unconscious motivates us. Sometimes it will be yeah. driving us. Um, and sometimes it's good to know what's driving you. Sometimes it's essential and necessary to know what's driving you. Sometimes it's only necessary to allow it to. You know, it's interesting because we've been talking about, I no, I shouldn't say that. In the formulation of the question, I had separated myself from my my body or my unconscious and um in you in saying that what you just said what triggered me was like we it's not about it's not about listening for the message or how do we know, you know, what, what does that look like? Um, I think it's already, uh, I'm going to have to work with this. Uh, I think, not very I, hard. well, I think where you're going is we've been talking a lot about awareness and that to be aware, you have to come into relationship, meaning that to be aware of one's unconsciousness, you have to come into relationship with it. But in order to come into relationship, you have to separate yourself enough to be able for there to be a me and a you. Right? There has to be at least a duality in order to have relationship. And I think I was going to the opposite. Well, where... but that's what I'm saying is I think that we've been talking yeah. about it, about awareness, but maybe what part of what our tools are saying to us is there's a time that that's useful, but the, but the reality is, is more often than not, you don't have that kind of relationship. You don't have that, that split within yourself that your unconscious actually moves you. And, um, maybe well one way of coming to trust it is to develop that relationship and that awareness that's often what i've chosen but sometimes to re when you really get to know it and you really trust it's working on your behalf stop splitting yourself like that let it just move you yes yes and that's when you know if you need to take a mental health day or if you just need to dig in, get it out. Yeah. yeah. Dig in, lean into it and see what happens. Yeah. And it's, it is just listening to the other voice in our heads or our bodies that speaks and it has just as much weight as the one in our mind. Yeah. I think it's very think interesting that that card showed up in the third space. I mean, you know, in terms of past, present, and future, I'm like, yeah, death is all of our future. So that doesn't seem that profound to me. But 
the fact that the message of this card seems to be allow your unconscious to move you is show, so is showing up in when I read it from states of consciousness, it's in the super conscious position. Yeah. And maybe we have this super conscious all wrong. Maybe it's not about being so far above ourselves that we're looking down and being able to see and navigate things. Maybe it's actually integrating so fully that there is no longer two. Um, I will say that I loved when you talked about living in the tree. Yeah. Making your home in the tree. Cause my, the thought I had at that point was, well, it's much safer to make your home in the roots or you have an upstairs and a downstairs. Right. <laughs> in your tree house. And, um, so I think with what you just said, um, that that's the image that came to me. Well, I would also look at it as being consistent with the rest of the cards in that the tree of life often mirrors for me those three realms of consciousness uh, that in shamanism is upper world, middle world, lower world, and Celtic shamanism, land, sea, and sky. And so, you know, if you are always privileging the branches and never tending the roots, that tends to be akin to always living in that conscious state, but never coming into your body, never dealing with your ancestors or your roots, never kind of cutting yourself off from your own darkness. And that eventually, if that's what you do, you're actually threatening the life of the tree because the roots need our awareness and attention. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's, I guess that, not I guess, that it's, that's my main thing, right? You know, we, I've talked about that a lot about when I work with people, it's about helping facilitate situations where they can come in contact with uh, their own body and be able to start understanding for themselves what their own knowing looks like and what it feels like and uh what it what it speaks to and when and when we start to do that then we have we start to learn that that language um that we have kind of suppressed or forgotten um and that needs to be remembered so it's it really is all about um becoming whole in each of our own selves yeah and recognizing that often to do so means to go to very painful places either about where we have wounded or where we've been wounded and i think that's the shadow realms Uh, the shadow realms are often we tend to be more in touch i think uh with our own wounding uh like where our wounds are we are not as in touch with when we've been the one who's wounded someone else and right. i think that's important i think that's really uh up right now in our uh culture here in in this country yes wow how are you feeling uh i actually feel a hell of a lot better good i'm glad yeah, my little second chakras is a stir 
Um, but I think that, but it feels like it's, it's movement feels like it's stirring the pot, stirring the cauldron, getting some movement again. Uh, for those who don't know the chakra system, the second chakra is right in your womb area and, uh, it, the color is orange and it's often about relationship. Yeah. And it's very close to your first one, which is all about security and stability. And, right. And roots and family and, and family. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say uh, I am trusting that my body is actually responding uh, by moving this, which is usually a good indication that whatever my participation, whatever participation was required of me has happened. Yes. I love it. So, Ken, thank you for being the kind of friend that it was safe enough for me to just come on and say, okay, this is where I am today. Of course. I, you know, I, I'm the one who says it most of the time. I do a podcast so I can have therapy and I can get my stuff <laughs> out there. Uh, uh, it's cheaper than, than that, than, you know, but uh, not necessarily better. Um, but it does help. Well, you know, uh, uh, there's a healing modality for uh, all kinds of different wounds. So, you know, we uh, we do practice magic in part as a form of self-healing, I think. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you guys, thank you for listening today to our um, very special episode uh, where, you know, we kind of just dove road, dove, dove wrote, we dove right in, uh, before we even drummed. And thank you for allowing us to, thank you for allowing us the space to be able to meander and to be able to go with the flow and for you being interested in that. Um, cause it does allow for different things to happen. Yes. So I appreciate that. Yes. And uh, whatever was motivating uh, the, the decision to lean in, uh, actually, my motivation was in sharing my story, someone who's listening uh, may be helped. So uh, that is what I wish. Absolutely. I, I always think that that's what happens always so whoever it's supposed to find finds it and that's what i think happens that's my simplistic version of putting my magic out i there. like it all right so uh as usual if you want to get in touch with us uh please uh contact us through our facebook page web of resonance or you can email us at webofresonancepod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Have a great Have a week. Good week.